everybody, and welcome to the show this week. Before we get started, I just wanted to take some time to recognize those who have messaged me on LinkedIn, on forums, uh, on social media, by phone, by email, and said that they're really enjoying the show. That really motivates me to keep producing the show and keep talking and interviewing others and, you know, sharing our knowledge. I really would love anyone who's interested to give me a buzz and we'll throw you on an episode as well. Um, This is a community thing and we need to learn by challenging each other. So yeah, um, I'm glad people are getting value out of the show and that will keep me motivated. So keep messaging me it it puts a smile on my face and this week i have had a bit of a cold so um it was great to receive those messages so on with the show the better business analysis institute presents the better business analysis podcast with benjamin walsh today we're going to be talking about the top 10 tools every better business analyst needs to know. So I'm going to be counting down those tools from 10 to 1, and I'm going to try and offer a a couple of varieties, not necessarily, you know, uh, pushing one brand name over the other, and uh, look at both um, the paid and free options for those top 10 tools. And when I talk about tools today, I'm really meaning applications that you can use, pieces of software that you can access. Okay, let's get into it. Making the top 10 on our list today is an AI tool, which you may know about already, which is ChatGPT. Now, when I say ChatGPT, I'm really meaning a whole suite of uh, applications that are hosted by open uh, AI. Uh, it's not just the one that you've I've just referred to. There are actually a whole lot of engines or models for doing different things. Uh, ChatGPT happens to take text that uses like your input to return text. Um, however, actually open AI has a whole other suite of tools to you that you know could be used for programming languages or they could be used for generating images. Or for doing lots of other bits and pieces. And a lot of applications are built on top of this uh, kind of open AI platform. And if you Google uh, with ChatGBT, you'll actually find there are hundreds, if not thousands of applications that are popping up that are adding a bit of an interface on top of this um, engine for specific use cases. So they've kind of been prompt, they've got like prompt generations, they've been refined to do different things. For example, I referred to programming. I've used one recently to write a WordPress plugin automatically uh, through one of these websites. There's ones that do diagramming, which I've shared on LinkedIn uh, and on our blog. Um, And so there's a whole suite, and that's just the OpenAI family. And it's important to talk about that particular company because they are the ones who are well-known Um, also, uh, they're not going to go away anytime soon. And the reason why they're not going to is that they've got a strategic relationship. I'm not sure if if it's a purchase or not, but definitely a strategic relationship with Microsoft. So Microsoft has been busy integrating these technologies inside their suites. Uh, When I say their suites, I mean Windows, I mean uh, the Power Platform where you make 
uh, applications. Um, and most importantly, what is used to be called Office 365 and is now called Microsoft 365. So what you could do, for example, is go to Word. Within Word, there might be some you know, menu options that you're so used to using, but instead they're, um, they're enhanced with AI. So they could add a sentence. They could do all the great things that chat GPT can do, but refine for a certain use case, which makes it much more uh, less of a toy and much more of a productive tool. So that's not going away. And, and, and not only that, it's going to be very easy to access because it's going to be via the tools and the UI and UX you already are familiar with. You will know also that Bing, which is Microsoft's search engine that works with their Microsoft Edge, which is actually built on the same engine as Chrome, ironically, um, has chat uh, has like AI built into it. It's actually a, a version of uh, its kind of uh, model of ChatGPT. Now, I don't personally like the results that I get from Bing. I'm, I'm, I don't even like the landing page. Um, and maybe it's just because I've been using Google so often, so I'm used to seeing the results that I get through their algorithm. Uh, and and so so Microsoft has really pushed the fact that they want people to use Bing, and this is another enhancement. So you might see people using Bing because uh, it comes with Office. Um, and the reason I mention that is that that's a whole ecosystem. Microsoft's not going to go away. Um, and so therefore, they are you know they are at the forefront of consumerizing. AI. So when I say ChatGPT, I'm, I'm meaning this whole family and those that are built on top of it. Now, completely separately from the whole open AI environment, we have the Google side. And, and Google's built um, their own, you know, open AI kind of technology called BARD, B-A-R-D. And it is integrated now with Google. So um, not only was it its own application, they're starting to release it within within their Chrome browser and within the search engine to do specific things. So, for example, uh, think about all the the different applications you can do use right now with Google, and especially in the search space. And they're really focused on using AI for search. So you can now get I don't know AI images or you know, get images back around like a trip you want to take. For example, um, there's different modules or use cases that they've actually got under the search bar now in the beta version that I'm using. Um, so it's like, you know, find me images around this holiday or um, work out the most efficient route. So they've got quite a few use cases. So again, Google, you know, Google people are not going to stop using Google. And um, I was asked recently by someone who was kind of asking me to throw my bets behind one of these two know google driven or open ai microsoft driven uh horse races and i don't think there is i actually think they will live in harmony and compete against one another so because they're people consumers won't change the products they use that quickly and i don't think these companies are going away there are um facebook has its own kind of model engines and if you've played in the uh, image space like I have there's something called stable diffusion and it's um, where you may have seen AI art driven they're all very similar and um, you know there's there's night cafe there's um, there's quite a few there's I'm um, sorry mid journey is a really popular engine and they're kind of like for image generations and they've been training and training and training you can actually get these tools for free if you know your way around GitHub, 
and you know you can play with that so i think that will exist too the whole um engine i'm not sure around who's going to win the image creation engine but i do know from the productivity suite microsoft and google will still be there it'll be integrated into their workplace platform so that's number 10 um that can quick that will quickly jump to number one in the next couple of years so please if you haven't played with those tools uh, go up there's there's free versions you get free credits on these uh sites um you know google bard is free um chat gpt is kind of free to a certain point unless you want to send massive documents to it um and it is a bit limited but you can pay for it if you like um you can actually download local versions of these software if you know your way around um github as well so that's number 10 on our list number nine on our list is white boarding tools like mural or muro uh they're very similar to one another um you can get like three free boards i think if you sign up uh so it is a free product or a freemium model uh what you can use for online collaboration it is a number one tool that i've used in the last couple of years in terms of workshopping in terms of voting um, in terms of virtual post-its in terms of pasting in a visio document and then doing a workshop on the flow diagram uh you can invite people you can train via it you can have multi-editors at the same time if you haven't used these tools you need to get on to learning one of these two tools i, I would suggest starting with something like mural or miro um uh, miro is probably more advanced in terms of its plugins um but i actually do prefer the ux experience in mural um if you don't want to pay for these tools or you're going to be using it um, at an enterprise level and you don't want to pay for these tools and they do they do add up to being around 30 you know 20 to 30 dollars per user per month uh, microsoft has a very budget version called whiteboard which is part of the um, teams environment so if you have teams already you can have a mini whiteboard within that product and over in Google, they have jam boards, which are similar and again, very limited functionality. I'm pretty sure that the Microsoft um, whiteboard will evolve um, or they may even purchase one of these uh, other whiteboard products, but start with Mural or Miro and um, start using it uh, in your daily workflow as a BA. And so uh, let that moves us on to number eight. And number eight on our list is a collection of tools which i call erp slash crms uh both big and small so um i've had, there is another podcast episode talking specifically around what these applications mean erp enterprise resource planning and crm being customer relationship management and somewhere in the middle there's xrm which is kind of a merge between the two these are large enterprise pieces of software that you should know as a ba you should at least know one version or one very popular version of each of these two segments, ERPs and CRMs. If you go into the Microsoft family, um, what used to be called Microsoft CRM, which is now Dynamics 365, is a very uh, popular tool. You should understand that. It will help you understand um, when you go into an organization that's aligned with Microsoft, what their, um, their kind of enterprise suite tools look like. Um, their ERP has kind of been divided into modules. Uh, they all integrate together there's um there's a 
there's a whole like financial suite that can integrate. They're all coming under the Dynamics family these days, though. And so that has a CRUD screen as ways in which you can configure the system. Um, it has ways you can integrate the system. They've got power apps where you can build low-code, no-code apps on top of these systems. They've got customer portals. Uh, you really should understand one of these. And of course, the greatest competition in the CRM space for Microsoft would be salesforce.com. Uh, again, I've used that product, uh, probably Microsoft and more in anger, but my early days, uh, Salesforce, I was involved in an implementation there. Uh, they're very similar in terms of what they do. They've just got different ethoses or reasons for existence and different kind of code bases. Uh, but you should understand what these tools do and at least understand one of them. From an ERP point of view, the biggest uh, ERPs in the world are things like SAP. Very, think very old school interface almost budget you know first generation windows 95 kind of stuff um but to understand that they have registries and they have ways in which you can like configure codes and you know their erps are usually much more um, old school but they have um you can generate screens and you can i don't know have modules uh so very similar to the crm family and they're kind of i would say um Evolving that way, there's JG, JD Edwards, there's PeopleSoft, uh, Mark, uh, sorry, Oracle own those. So Oracle are a big player in the ERP space. And you probably should have touched at least one of those systems to just understand the different models that they use. So from the, I would understand what, what my action is to you is to understand what an ERP is. Find one, look online, uh, understand how one works. You, you, you're going to be lucky if you get access to one because they're very expensive. Uh, understand that SAP, and the Oracle family live within that space quite heavily, and the Microsoft uh, sales forces of the world um, live in the CRM space more so, um, and saying that Microsoft will sell you all of those things. Um, and in the CRM space, there are quite a few free smaller ones, so you can get, load up um, HubSpot for free. I use it, um, and that'll give you a general idea of CRM, so get your hands on one of those. A free one, Zoho is another free one. Um, sign up, and then you can start using these products and understand the kind of processes that they solve and help. Now, I'm not suggesting here, of course, that you have any flavor or you're jumping to a technology side, but understanding the limitations of these systems does make you a better business analyst. So let's move quickly to number seven. Seven is the other, I guess, typical enterprise kind of business suite that most businesses have that kind of sit on top of our CRM and then our ERP system and that's the CSM, uh, sorry, <laughs> CMS, which is the content management system. So the website software. So you may have heard of Squarespace, that's, you know, um, one place that you can make websites, Shopify, they're all, uh, you know, kind of e-commerce uh, e um, uh, CMS's content management systems, but the most popular one in the world is WordPress. So if you, you can get that software for free, you can just load up a little instance locally, or you can chuck it on a hosting server if you know how to do that. And having a play of, um, you know, understanding what a content management system does, understanding a little bit about web design, understanding modules and plugins, and how you can expose information to your end customers and to the public is really important because you guarantee that your business has a website and this is kind of what 
software we use to edit our uh, website. So WordPress, you can get that for free um, and load that up. You can even go to wordpress.com.org, I think, and you can get a free blog. And so that's on WordPress. As we jump on to number seven on our list today, uh, we're really talking probably, it's fair to say, the Atlassian family, which includes Jira, Confluence, and Trello. Uh, you may have used one or more of those tools. I'll start with Trello. Trello is a Kanban tool used for your in-progress, you know, not started, um, kind of done blockers. Uh, I see lots of companies using it for their workflow in terms of where tasks are at. Uh, you can share those. You can drag tasks and cards, they're called cards, around. You can integrate that with things like Slack and Teams. Uh, Confluence is the kind of internal internet. Um, we can edit pages. It's kind of like a wiki. Uh, that's usually associated, can be associated with a place to put your requirement specifications or um, R2s. And then that moves us on to Jira, which is actually the, the grant, the product that you do need to know about. Uh, Jira is the kind of requirements management tool. It's also a help desk product, but primarily you can use it in the software space for your Scrum, your Agile Sprints, or even Waterfall, uh, just in terms of your backlog management, your um, user stories and your epics. And, you know, it's used by at least half the clients that I know. Um, you know, primarily you you do know to, need to know Jira inside and out. I, um, when I say know how to use it, I mean you should be able to create your own kind of project and you should be able to set that project up. It's pretty easy. It's click um, click through um, and you should be able to create user stories and epics within there. So learn that if you don't know that already. Uh, I should mention that um, the other popular tool these days is Azure DevOps, usually in a development environment. Um, it has a kind of uh, a Jira type, um, very limited, but type available as um, where you can manage user stories and you can link those to bugs and issues uh, just like Jira, uh, but it's within the Azure space. You can also get a copy of that for free and also the Jira uh, side you can get for free for a couple of people as well. So uh, jump on there, learn those products, understand Confluence. Um, and yeah, it's probably worth knowing a little bit around Trello. Um, cool. <clears throat> so they're all kind of, yeah, I guess, uh, um, requirements management tools. There are, there were other tools like Rational Rose when I was growing up, and there was also EA, which is Enterprise Architect, and you may see those. I think those tools are very intense. Um, some organizations use them, especially if they've got a strong TOGOF architecture practice. Um, and so maybe just understand what those, those are. Uh, they're usually quite expensive and they are very, very much focused on how we used to do software development. So you may not see those around as much, especially in the Agile space. Number five, we're talking about diagramming tools. And so I'm going to say to you that you do need to know how to use Visio. I, I know a few BAs are going to be listening to this podcast and they're literally their back is going to be like put up because I have said the word Visio. Visio is an interesting product, takes a while to get used to, uh, like quite a lot of the Microsoft suite. Um, however, it is actually very powerful and there are a lot of, because you can edit the stencils so easily, uh, you can make your own stencils, you can make it to, um, Excel if you want to automatically create diagrams, 
once you understand and you get to a tipping point with Visio, it is your friend. Uh, yes, it's a pain. Sometimes the connector is not looking good. Just use the buddy, change the connector to a round one. You'll be okay. Um, but it is, you know, it is an enterprise product and you should be really using um, Visio for your BPMM, for your process modeling diagrams. Um, it used to have a very high price tag. You can actually view Visio documents for free now and you can actually edit them for free. So no longer you've got that limitation of doing something in Visio and not being able to share the documents. That's not true. Uh, but if you do want to share it and someone, for whatever reason, doesn't have access to the Microsoft family, um, you can export it as a um, SVG, um, which is a scaled vector. Um, so you can show it in that form. Scale vectors are very good because they don't lose their quality as you scale them. That's the whole point. Uh, but also you can chuck the you know your working copy if you like into something like mural or Miro, and then you can start workshopping on it and then make the changes later because you've used as post-its to kind of make changes on top of the image and then you can go back and do your administration later so visio is a kind of a must-have yes there are other tools uh, if you want um so it is free now uh in terms of its web version um which is just as good as anything else out there um and if you have a Microsoft, Microsoft 365. The other alternative, of course, is that you can jump into the Google family. They have one. The name uh, is uh, popped out of my head for a second, but it's not, I know it's not great, but draw.io um, is very popular. So if you want a free one, draw.io would be the way to go. Uh, and you really want a tool that you can export and import into Visio if you needed to. So I think that would be your requirement there. Um, you have to understand those diagramming tools. Uh, as we've talked about in some blogs and on LinkedIn, uh, there is AI diagramming coming very soon, and they're kind of linking to the whiteboarding tools. So we might find there's a mashup between the whiteboarding tools and the diagramming tools uh, become one. Uh, at the moment, I don't think there's anything, even in Mural or Miro, that's really as good as advanced i guess is i wouldn't say as good but as advanced as visio for rapidly creating diagrams uh, so i haven't written off completely however for simple diagramming you can come up with your templates and actually use those whiteboarding tools if you really want to so that leaves us to um that's the kind of 10 to 5 in terms of tools and so we're going to jump down to the last four here Number four might be controversial. I'm going to suggest that you should understand what SQL is. Okay, you should understand it's the language you use to query uh, data from a database. You should have some idea or at least be able to generally understand how data comes out of a database. And SQL is the language we use to do that generally. Um, and so by having some knowledge of of getting what you need out of a database, that can mean that you can do some data analysis that you might need to do. Might need to do. Um, I'm going to be talking about um, other products soon, but uh, specifically just having a base understanding of of getting data from a table. I think you should know as a BA. I think if you don't know, you could say it's a should have requirement. I think you should. Uh, you should go on to W3 schools and learn about SQL for free. Uh, you can um, generally get a database for, for nothing. Um, 
Uh, MySQL, for example, will load that up and have a play around. Um, also included in there, I am going to suggest that HTML and CSS, or at least what they are, HTML is what websites, web pages are made out of, and um, CSS is the style sheet, the, the look and feel of the page, and JavaScript is kind of the most common front-end um, scripting language for like hiding, showing things, and, and kind of programming at the front end. Um, and linked, I guess that's linking to a family of basic programming. So if my notes here say uh, SQL, um, kind of HTML, uh, JavaScript, and basic programming, having some knowledge of that and be able to recode at a high level will make you a better BA. Uh, it also, um, it's also amazing that if you pick up one of those skills when you're on a project, you can actually help out and get things across the road, uh, across the line, or um, start to help your users uh, understand how their applications work if you have knowledge of these basic IT functions. Over to number three, um, and, and this is very much uh, an opinion here, I, I think it's really important to understand what cloud integration um, platform is. And, and when I say cloud integration suites, I'm not talking about necessarily AWS or Azure or something complicated technically uh, at that level. I'm talking about what's built on top of it. So I'm talking about tools like Zapier and Make.com. So if you haven't played with these tools, uh, sign up for a Zapier account, a Zapier account or Make.com. And what these tools allow you to do is connect to existing uh, apps that have an API um, and a connector built for these platforms. And you can take information from one system and you can integrate it with another and, and vice versa. Or you can trigger events happening on one end and you can send notifications to another application. Uh, Microsoft has, a, uh, um, I think it's called, it used to be called Flow, Microsoft Flow, but they may have changed the name recently to say Power. Automate, I think it is called now, uh, which does something very similar within the Microsoft Dynamics uh, Power Platform family, um, which can take information from Excel and then can, you know, read all the names and send an email out. Uh, please have a look at these tools. It, you would say it's probably integration used to be the most expensive uh, kind of kind of project that you would need to worry about because it's quite complicated to send information by what we call bi-directly one way and back again uh, from one system to another and you have to worry about lots of uh, logic behind there. These tools uh, don't necessarily get rid of that problem but they are built uh, very like drag and drop style so you can easily you know um, send um, information from one system to another uh, quite easily and, and they're usually subscription based like $20 a month and you're usually paying for the number of transactions that are happening or, or at least steps within your integration that are happening. Um, check out Zapier and Make.com as your starter. It's amazing. Um, actually, some of these tools, uh, you may have heard of IFFT. Um, if then, then, if then, then that. I can't, I can't remember the acronym. Uh, but it's kind of like what home automation is used uh, a platform that you can use for home automation and what things like uh, Alexa and um, your Google Assistant can do. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, turn my kettle on. And so when, when you receive the word turn kettle on, then turn on 
the kettle um, and so that uses something very very uses exactly the same kind of concept or science behind it uh, which is your um, one application is connecting to another and asking that that wi-fi device for example uh, to turn on and so they're very similar so understand those uh, as a BA, you know, integrating those systems or steps within two processes, which may be working in different systems or different workflows, um, is, you know, is where you can get a lot of uh, continuous improvement. So it's worth understanding that. Um, and, the, and moving quickly on to number two, uh, the reason I brought this at number two is because data science has become the thing. Uh, in the last five years. And so, you know, you used to have report writers. I, I remember doing a crystal reports, whatever it was, seven or 13 uh, course when I first started in IT and I understood how to use a reporting tool. Now, we're, you know, with, with the invention of machine learning, AI, and using data lakes and all these complicated things you don't actually need to understand today, maybe it's something that you're interested in. Uh, what I was going to say is I think you need to understand at least a couple of reporting tools. And the most popular um, tools that are out there at the, at the moment are Power BI. Um, so BI being, you know, business intelligence, but Power BI is a way in which you can um, report on information. So consume information and display it. Um, you can um, also transform that information and mash it up and drill down on it and also tabular is the other one i think i'm pretty sure that's open source release cheaper than power bi um and you can and that's more of a programming based a little bit less than um power bi now power bi is it's not a product that you can just sit down and learn a bit like microsoft project you have to spend time learning it so what I'm going to suggest is if you want to understand what I'm talking about, if you want to understand what a data model is and joining databases and, um, you know, displaying data from a data source, I would suggest then load up Excel. And within Excel now, uh, there is something called, um, well, there's Power Query, but there's also, um, yeah, Power Query is probably your best starter point. And Power Query is free. And it's like a mini uh Power BI. So it allow you to uh, experience what Power BI does, but on a smaller scale. And um, you can start to connect data sources. So basically pull data into your data model and you can start joining those tables together and explore data and start producing reports that your end users see. Have some knowledge of these tools. Um, understand that they can collect information from anywhere. So they're the display uh, layer. A lot of, uh, I, I was, there was a, a time about 10 years ago that every single project or main program I was on was almost single source of truth or one place to view data. And so the way we used to do that, of course, was having these reporting tools that were pulling data from a data warehouse. Um, but these tools can actually talk to your individual apps. So this is a way of mashing up data. So you can actually get some of those uh, reporting requirements done quite easily uh, with these tools. So understanding what they do at least. Um, is a good starter and that finally moves us to number one the number one tool that a better ba needs to know and and i'm going to uh stress the level in which i want you to understand here and that number one tool is our favorite excel so excel um 
also I'll bring into that uh, Google Sheets, which is the free uh, Google uh, version of it. Um, actually, of late, I got a new laptop and it doesn't have Office on it. I haven't got around to purchasing it. And holy moly, <laughs> not having Excel on your computer as a BA is, is very frustrating. So I have been using Sheets and I can do some of the things that I need to do in Excel. But Excel, primarily, you need to understand it. Uh, you need to understand everything around Google Workplace and, and Office or what, what, what's now called Microsoft uh, 365, uh, including Teams and Chat and all those good things. But specifically when it comes to Microsoft Excel, the level in which you need to know Excel as a BA is not basic, okay? If you know anyone in a finance team, they will know Excel pretty well, okay? They'll understand how to do pivot tables. They'll understand how to do VLOOKUPs. They'll understand how to do graphs. They'll understand how to connect data. That's the level that you need to know at a basic level as a BA. So you need if you don't know what a VLOOKUP is, you know, you're not at the level you need to be at. There are lots of free courses online. Um, I'm pretty sure you can probably get a trial version of, of Excel if you needed to, or a cheap version. Just go online and look for, a, I don't know, an old version of Office key that you can probably get for like $5, $10 uh, um, and install the, the old version of Office and start playing with Excel. That, it really hasn't evolved too much uh, in the future, in, uh, like where it is now. It will evolve with AI. But to be honest, you can do all those basic formulas like adding cells, uh, doing, like I said, VLOOKUP is a very popular item, doing a pivot table, um, importing data, uh, mashing it up. Um, I would say it's the number one tool in terms of piece of software that you as a um, BA probably, it's just assumes you know it. So if you don't know Excel, go out. I know it might not sound exciting, but you should know Excel to a certain advanced level. So let's just recap what we covered. So I've said number 10, kind of chat uh, GPT and OpenAI and AI tools. Nine, we had whiteboarding tools like Miro or Miro. Number eight, we had ERPs and CRMs, both big and small versions. Number seven, we had um, content management systems like WordPress or Silverstripe, for example, in New Zealand, which a lot of government departments use. Number six, we talked about Jira and the family within that, which included um, Confluence and Trello or Microsoft Azure DevOps. Five, Visio. Understand Visio or draw.io or both, well, primarily both. Four, I'm suggesting you should have a, at least a readable knowledge of SQL and probably HTML, CSS, and JavaScript in some basic programming language. A good place for you to learn. Three, I'm talking about cloud integration suites like uh, Zapier and Make.com and the fact that you can integrate systems together. Power Automate is within that list. Number two, I'm saying reporting because um, data science is so massive at the moment. You should understand what a data model is and how to report on data and how these tools work like Power BI and Tabula. And number one, two, the number one tool that a better business analyst needs to understand at an advanced level is Excel and I would say Google Sheets, which is the Google alternative to Microsoft. So I hope you got value out of there. If you don't understand or you haven't learned any of those products or tools, 
add it to your list. Your action item is to take one of those areas you don't know that well and to learn about it this week. Thank you.